Um, I don't think they're going to have so many, so much luck as it seemed like some of those outcomes would for 2022, but I do think they make the playoffs and I think they're going to be in a much better spot. Uh, certainly if they have the health of some of those receivers after they also add in the draft. Jaguars, are the Jags really close to putting it all together? It does seem like this team is maybe on the verge, especially in a terrible division, that they can make it, which is just is mind-blowing, honestly, with how bad they were pre-last season the last couple of years. Like, man, this team's a decade away. But they've actually – Peterson's done a great job there. You know, T-Law got unleashed. You know, I think they're going to add some more pieces on offense. And I, and just in a bad division, I feel like this this Jags team is a team I could get on board with uh, and, and see them, you know, making a good push and, and threatening. Uh, you know, obviously they're probably a couple players away in the AFC there. But I definitely think they're going to be a team you're going you're gonna to hear a lot about this year. We talked about a pregame show about a trade that was going on. We'll talk about trades later too, but this one didn't happen yet. I've got Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen, and, uh, and Mahomes on my team. Uh, and I have I my my team was I won I came in second place two years ago and I tied for with the Demar Hamlin situation this year so my team is right there uh, I feel like I have one of the top three teams maybe top four teams in the league for sure um, but uh, I the trade was I would send away Trevor Lawrence and Isaiah Pacheco I would get back Hollywood Brown Kyler Murray the 104 which I would hope to turn into JSN and the 204 which I would hope to turn into like. You know, I'm not sure Roshan will be there if, we, if he gets drafted early, but, you know, a, a bad candor or, or somebody like that, a good running back. Which side would you guys take in that in that situation? Uh, I mean, I'd probably go the Kyler side, honestly. Uh, you know, as you're talking about with what your overall structure is with the other quarterbacks you have, um, I don't, there is a bit of fragility with, you know, even once Kyler's back and healthy, what does that team even look like? Uh, what is, you know, ownership and and the coaches and everything want out of that team going forward. Um, I don't think that Kyler's success is contingent upon the previous coach with, with Kingsbury. And I do think that he can do well. And I think some of it was, he was just put in a bad spot. JT, if they move on from Kyler Murray and he goes somewhere else, can he succeed in a different offense besides the Arizona Cardinals? Or is he just too small and too like injury prone to kind of make anything happen? I mean, I think the biggest thing with, with him is just injuries. You know, when he's played, he's been pretty good. Um, the question is going to be, is he playing good enough for real-life football for his team to win? Or is he one of those guys that's always going to put up great fantasy stats, but, you know, real life, he just doesn't get it done uh, on his team. So that that's the question for me. I We've seen it with Arizona before and how bad they're going to be. I'm surprised we haven't had more talk. And I think it's just because of the injury. I'm surprised there's a more talk about trying to move on from him. I know they're going to take a huge hit if they try to trade him as far as the salary cap and dead money, but it, they've done it before. I, and I could see them if they just tank this year, that they hold him out. They don't do anything. They try to move in the offseason. They try to go get like a Caleb Williams with the first pick and start all over. I can totally see that because it just seems like a lot of those guys are frustrated in Arizona and they might have to do a full teardown. And usually you're going to do a full teardown. The first guy you got to get rid of is the expensive QB. Okay. So that that's, I kind of feel the same way. So in that case, would you just keep Trevor Lawrence or would you try to still make that happen? That trade happen? I mean, I think that's you're getting a good spot of that trade. I think you're getting good value. I love T Law. Uh, yes. We talked about this last year. I mean, I went when they had that down rookie year. I was making offers everywhere for him because I was like, "Oh, this is the only time I'm going to be able to get him without paying through the nose." Because once he bounces back, everyone's going to be like, "Oh yeah, I forgot he was the one one." And 
you know, this player we were waiting for forever and ever. So I went and got him everywhere I could last year. He, I just feel like he's got a long, long, successful career ahead of him. And so he's a guy I hate to move because I just feel like you're going to get 10, a good 10, 12, 13 years out of him right. at a high level. So it's, it, I mean, I, I'd have to be blown away with the trade probably for me because I just, I like him too much. I just think his upside on an improving team is it, just going to be keep going up and up and up. Yeah, and I, and I might have too much. I might have too much, you know, uh, you know, chatter in my ears about JSM being the best team that ever walked in the face of the earth for rookie receivers, and it's better than everybody else. You know, so maybe I'm overvaluing this, but I could honestly see Kyler being nothing but a backup in two or three years if he doesn't, you know, if he gets let go by the Cardinals or traded somewhere else or doesn't pan out somewhere else. So it's like, man, I better just hold on to Kyler. And people are like, well, I'm offering you three first round picks, you know? Yeah, but. First round picks don't turn into Trevor Lawrence that often. You know, I have Trevor Lawrence. Like it's like one of those things like, oh, it could be an it could be a boat, or you can get a mystery box, you know, that kind of stuff. Like <laughs> it could be a boat. I, I I already have the boat, you know, so why would I do this? I, it's yeah, so I, hard, but it's a good problem to have, but I don't know. Oh well, we'll figure it out. Uh Jets, if a quarterback falls to them at 13, did they give Rogers the big middle finger? It probably would feel cool to do that. This situation Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You get, I mean, dude, this is crazy. I th- this situation, I don't know what's going on. I mean, everybody says it's a done deal, and then he's getting moved, and it hasn't happened. Uh, I'm, I'm just start getting nervous if I'm on the other side here with the Jets. Where, where are we going to get? Are the Packers just going to play hardball the whole time, like they've been saying, and 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 want a couple first? I, man, for this to be out there this long and something not to be finalized yet, it's I'd be nervous uh, on that on that way. And if I'm the Jets, I'm thinking. You know, we put a firm stand and say, we're giving you this, and that's all we're giving you. And if you don't, then we're just out on him. But I, that's what I would do if I was the Jets. But it, who knows what they're thinking, because I think they think they can compete with him. Uh, but, yeah, this situation has just been, you know, it's classic Aaron Rodgers. Just nothing ever just as smooth with him. Yeah, Chu, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I have to think they still go with Rodgers, if that is the case, but – you know, I I think they'd rather with who's going to fall to them at thirteen. If we're presuming a cer- certain couple of people uh, would be in the top couple of picks, you know, if it's a Levis that falls, I would rather just go with Rodgers and just just do what they the best they possibly can at this point. It's the Jets. Things are bound to go wrong regardless of who they put under yeah. center. If we're being completely honest, but just put the superstar future Hall of Famer in there and just hope it works out. Yeah, JT Lions are the Lions finally favored to win this division. I mean, they feel like they're everybody's darling this offseason. Everybody loves Dan Campbell after last year, and and people are loving this team. <sighs> the question is, are they? How are they going to perform going in as possibly, you know, the favorites to win the North? I mean, they've been the underdog for so long. Uh, is that something that's going to kind of throw this team off when they're not everybody's, you know, darling anymore? I don't know, but I think they, I think they go into the season as the favorite to win that division, even with the Vikings being as good as they've been, but their defense has been just such in shambles especially at the end of the year. I, I think they're the favorite. It's going to be interesting to see if they can actually put it all together for the whole season. Yeah. Packers, two Packers. Do the, the, do the Packers start the season with Jordan Love under center? Yeah, it's about time they do that. Uh, you know, they've, they've got Love, and they, at this point you have to see what you have in him. And, I mean, I do think they have a solid team around him, both on the offensive and defensive side, but not an incredible one. And the hope is that, you know, if love isn't it, they are able to pivot pretty quickly off of him. 
and I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if they're necessarily going to be bad enough to get a pick that makes it worthwhile to, to pick somebody else next year. Um, but you put them under center this year, and you just hope for the best. Shoo, I'm going to give you two in a row because you're a Panthers fan here. CJ Stroud or Bryce Young? Bryce Young, 100%. That, watching him play, Bryce Young has absolute ice in his veins. I trust him with the ball, and I know that he can get it done. I know it's it's the, it's the slight frame. I know C.J. Stroud has just the look. He has the look, the build of the, quarter, uh, the quarterback that everybody I feel like would want. Uh, but there's something about Bryce Young, that quality that you just you, you can't, can't quite pinpoint it outside of just saying he's just clutch and he can just stay so composed. And that's what he's going to need to do to, to make it all the way. All right. I cheat, I cheat a little bit because that's your guy. So, uh, pa- Patriots, JT, are they really going to blow this backfield up again with another running back? If so, who's it going to be if they do that? I I don't know how they don't. That just seems like their way. It's like, we're going to take somebody in the fourth or fifth round. We're going to get him in there enough touches just to see what he does. Um, I, I saw a lot of people making moves for uh, Romero Stevenson in the offseason. I'm nervous. I'm nervous about what that means for him and what they can do. Um, but I, I don't think there's any way they don't take a, a running back somewhere and then throw off everybody's value in that backfield. It's crap. I got Ramadre in like four spots, and I'm kind of I'm so like if I sell him for shit right now because nobody everybody everybody always think everybody else thinks that they're gonna draft the running back too. But if I sell him for shit and they don't move on and he has some kind of all pro year this year, I'm gonna be so pissed because I like Ramadre Stevenson too. You know, I drafted him in almost every league. I traded for him for for peanuts. We didn't do so well at the beginning of you know the, the, his rookie season. So I I don't want him to go anywhere. He's only 24. He's still a, you know he's he's a powerhouse. He's He's a freak. He's like an Antonio Gibson kind of player. I, I love that 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 type of dude. So it's I, I'm just gonna keep him and cross my fingers and the, yeah, I'm gonna drink myself out to stupor if they, if they do drive the running back because I know it's gonna. I just feel like that's the, the the way things work over there. It drives me nuts. Uh, Raiders is Jimmy G the answer or are the Raiders are the Raiders in trouble? Jimmy, me uh, take this one. Yeah, go ahead. You, you got the odds. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I don't think Jimmy G is the answer necessarily. Um, I think he's serviceable for what they're they're trying to do right now, but he is definitely not the future there. And that's even assuming he stays healthy, which I know he's had a tremendous problem doing so. Um, he, he's got some weapons there. I know Waller left, even though he wasn't much of a weapon the last two years. Um, but he'll be okay, but he's he's not it. No. I don't know why the Raiders just didn't keep going with Derek Carr. I, I don't get it, you know, but whatever. JT Rams, are the Rams uh, hitting a hard reset in 2023? It seems like it, you know, with all these moves, they're trying to dump salary and get rid of guys. It just seems kind of crazy that the two guys that they wouldn't move would be Stafford and Cup, right? You know, and so, so it, it's 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 like they're they're kind of doing it, but kind of not. It, it seems strange that it feels like that's what they're doing. But then when they say, "Hell no, Stafford's coming back. We feel good about him. We feel good about Cup." I, I'm scared for all my Stafford shares. I think Cup could be pretty good, no matter who's under center, just because I think he's a guy that gets the ball. But, but, but what for? I, I paid for him a couple years ago in a few leagues to get him. You know, thinking he's going to be a top three wide receiver with this offense and what's going on. I don't know. It's, it's got me nervous for any of my, if I got any Rams players, I'm, I'm kind of nervous about what kind of production I'm looking at this year. Yeah. Chew. <clears throat> so there's something holding up this contract. That Lamar Jackson, not having an agent. What's in this contract. That's like the, 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 the deal breaker. Is it like free beef jerky for life or all you can eat a red lobster or something like that? Like what is, what is in this contract that is preventing this thing from getting done? 
You're close. I was actually thinking it was supposed to be bottomless crispy calamari. I assume that was a <laughs> I would, I would hold out for that. That's for yeah. sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> all those crispy and not like, you know, wet and yeah, it's socky. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That was great. Um, Saints, will Jalen Carter follow them at number 10? Uh, are the Saints at 10 or is it the Eagles at 10? I think the Eagles are 10, right? Uh, I think it's the Saints. I, I, I might be wrong on that. I don't. I don't think Jalen Carter gets the. Saints oh, it is the Eagles. Never mind. Sorry, yeah. you're right. I, I, I think if man, I tell you what, if Jalen Carter falls to ten and goes to the Eagles, man, with Jordan Davis from last year, I man, that that's going to be a tough defensive front there in Philly. I mean, those guys are two monsters. Uh, that that would be a crazy duo. You know, obviously they played at Georgia together. That'd be a great duo uh, up front for the Eagles. Uh, I. I'm. I don't know what the Saints are doing. I, I'm very confused on what they're trying to do. What their build is. I mean, they, it seems like every year they trade up or move and, and lose another first round pick and another round. It's, so I don't know what the Saints are, are doing. But uh, I am not feeling good outside of anyone that's not named Chris Olave on the Saints right now. Yeah. Right. Uh, Seahawks. What does Seattle do with the number with number five in the draft? So if they're making that pick, I. I think it will be great if Anthony Richardson got together and sit behind Geno Smith because with that extension that he got, it's not as if he's actually going to be there for the three years I think that he was signed for. Um, but if it's probably the more realistic pick, somebody like uh, Tyree Wilson, uh, the edge rusher. So I think that that would be a great help. I know they had slam dunk after slam dunk last year with their all of their draft picks. Um, and I think that they shouldn't stop there, though. They, they still need to continue to re, uh, build up that, that defense. So. Seattle, Detroit, Vegas, Atlanta, um, Tennessee, all the spots like you know, that can use it probably a quarterback in the future somewhere if they, if somebody falls. So it's uh we'll see what happens. This is gonna be a fun draft this year. I, I, a lot of a lot of offensive a lot of offensive linemen and defensive defensive players, but hopefully it'll be a little bit more fantasy relevant players than than we're expecting. But we'll see. Uh, the Steelers, Al Robinson is in. Who's out? I like this move for the Steelers getting Robinson. The, the question is going to be if the, spreading the ball around. Are, are these guys going to all be happy if they're not getting a ton of uh, targets? Because between him, Pickens, uh, Deontay, Muth, you know, throwing out of the backfield, the Najee and other guys. So that, if they can all make it work, I think it's a really good move to get a, a veteran, you know, guy on the team. Obviously, Robinson's kind of fallen apart the last couple of years, injuries, different things. It hasn't been the guy that we saw a couple of years ago in Jacksonville, but um, I think it's worth a shot. They didn't pay that much money for him. I think they're maybe paying five or seven of his, his contract and the Rams are taking the rest. So if they can make it work, if they can keep the personalities happy, I think the Steelers uh, got to, got to steal here. My Calvin and Austin shores went right out the window as soon as they made that move. I was, and I, I was going to trade him for like a mid-second round pick too, which I was like, oh, I like Calvin Austin. And I, but I, like, I let it sit there. Usually I put timers on all my shit too, and I didn't put a timer on this. And uh, it was going through. And as soon as that they, they signed him, uh, it got denied. I'm like, God damn it. Like, I sh- One more day, the guy was probably going to take him. It's the only person in the league that actually had you know, a Seawards fan and wanted Calvin Austin. And I don't know why I didn't 
just say go ahead and take him. Yeah, Steelers Steelers fans are are high on Austin, but again, we haven't seen him. He was a fourth round pick. I mean, the guy's got a ton of speed. I mean, I think if they could figure out how to use Austin in special teams, kick return, punt return, so things like that, I think that's going to be where he's valuable. But I I'm not sold that he's going to be a real fantasy asset on this team. I think he can be good for the team, uh, but I think he's going to maybe be that Ray Ray McLeod type of spot where they run a couple end rounds of game to him. They get him a couple passes, but is he going to get a volume where he's ever, you know, a, a guy you can trust and fancy? I just don't know if that's ever going to be the case. Yeah. He is a uh, pinball man. Like it's, he is, he's an electric player, but <clears throat> again, like you said, yeah, never, I don't think he's going to be an awesome standout. Uh, Houston. Did they really pass on the quarterback and stick with Davis Mills for this tank? So shout out to my buddy Tyler in my last podcast episode talking about this. I really think it happens. Um, I think they have so many holes that that uh, they need to fill on both sides of the ball. I, th- I think they're going to be bad enough next year, uh, even w- once they uh, address a couple of those picks this year, that they can still be within earshot of uh, being able to still get a good quarterback, whether they still have to trade up but they'll at least be close enough to where that's a real possibility and they won't give away, you know, trade the farm, so to speak. Agreed. Uh, Titans, why does this feel like the best landing spot for Anthony Richardson? When I think about it, it makes me think of like the Vince Young when he went there kind of a deal. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know if I love that spot for him, but I feel like it's, it would be a good spot just because I think they're ready to move on from Tannehill. I think they may be given this year and time until they can figure out what their QB situation is going to be in the future. Um, I don't love that offense for Richardson because I, I just want to see some more playmakers around him. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, struggled with accuracy in college and you hope you get some players that kind of feed in and help him out. Um, and that's where I'm a little scared. If he does end up on the Titans, is it going to be like, oh man, we need a hundred yards rushing out at AR every week uh, or we're in trouble because he's just doesn't have weapons to move the ball down the field. So while I can see him ending up in uh, Tennessee, I just don't know if I love that spot for him fantasy wise. I like it just for the fact of the matter that I think that they're going to sign to keep, keep Tannehill this year. They're going to get rid of uh, all. They're going to get rid of anybody that's good on the team after this year, minus Burks and just start from scratch and he'll have a whole year to sit on a bench and learn the offense, maybe get a new offensive coordinator and maybe a new head coach and start from scratch with a whole new team that's got a lot more draft picks for next season. So it would be nice for him to sit for a year, learn learn, learn an NFL offense, and then be ready when it is time. Because I think everybody does agree that he's he needs a little bit of time in the oven to bake before he uh, takes over an NFL franchise. So, uh, Vikings, how many more years does Kirk Cousin have? I would not be shocked if this is his last one there. Uh, after this season, it's beginning of all those void years that the Saints made so special. Uh, feels like just yesterday with all their uh, contract structures. Uh, but with the Vikings, I, I, if I remember correctly, there were rumblings of he was going to get another uh, fully guaranteed extension. That was kind of the process of how it had been going. And I think that was halted. So the fact that they did not do that, I think, is more indicative of the fact that they're either okay letting it ride and seeing if they really need to extend him, or, I mean, he's going to be, what, 36 uh, by the start of 2024. And by no means is that too old, and certainly with his play style, but I think they see his limitations in the ceiling, and they're out on that. Yeah, right. Bring us to JT, the Washington football team. What does this sale of this team mean to the, the team's direction for 2023? I mean, I think this is huge. I used to live in D.C. I used to cover them. 
Uh, I used to go to their training camp, do all that stuff when I worked at WSA uh, and there in D.C. And, man, the fans have just been screaming for this for a while. I think any everyone I know that's a Washington fan is, is has excitement. They're like, man, finally we can move past some of this stuff. Hopefully that you know, lifts a little weight off of that franchise. And hopefully that gives them a chance to just go full bore in a new direction. And so I, I, I like it. I think, you know, they're an up-and-coming team. I really, you know, we've talked about it before. I really want to see Sam Howell get a shot this year. I want to see what uh, he can do with the enemy. And I just think they have some decent weapons. And if they can add uh, to that offense a little bit, I mean, they've got a pretty stout defense. Uh, if they can get some of those guys, Chase Young and those guys back from injury. I just think they're kind of an up-and-coming team. I think they could be maybe like a giant surprise this year where a team that if they can get a good QB play, there's a chance that maybe they could push for a late playoff spot. So I just think it just – for anyone that's a fan of the team, I think they just feel like this is a brand new start. And it, the team has just been so dysfunctional for so long. I mean, I just think it's a fresh, uh, fresh air, you know, breath of fresh air for them. It's Antonio Gibson season, baby. That's what you meant to say, right? I, I, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, good. We got through all 32 teams. We got a couple trades in my Mighty McGlynn Dynasty Leagues. These are all my home leagues, 12 team, 30 man rosters, no kickers or defense. It's PPR, tight end premium, 0.75, super flex. Five and two touchdowns, interception. You know, you get points for 100 and 200 yard rushing, receiving, stuff like that. So uh, it's just, like I said, 12 teams to reflex. Khalil Shakir for Sam Darnold. Uh, JT, you're on mute. Sorry about that. I, just, I think I clicked it two times in a row. Uh, I'm on Darnold there. Like I said, I'm trying to get Darnold where I can. Um, I just think that he's going to be cheap enough, but if he hits, he can hit big. Uh, so I like Darnold there, and I am very iffy on Shakur with what they do at wide receiver, whether he gets a lot of PT this year for the Bills. I'm, I'm nervous about him. Took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, Chew, Brandon Cooks for Quez Watkins and Darnell Mooney. So – I am still a bit of a believer in Mooney, uh, but I think with DJ Moore entering the fold, and I really think Mooney maybe is best served as a three and not even a two in that offense, if I'm being honest. So, uh, you know, Cooks is about 30 years old at this point, but he's in the Cowboys offense, and I'll take that all day. There you go. JT, 23105 and 304 for George Kittle and then 23203. Ooh. 105 for Kittle is kind of expensive, but it is a 0.75 PPR. Yeah, as I said, depending on how – I mean, again, the, the biggest issue on Kittle is health. Is like, you mean, the guy can make some plays and he, he can be electric, but you almost feel like you're going to get a three or four or five games he's going to miss per year. I like this class. Man, I'm probably – unless I'm just absolutely – dying for a tight end like i just have absolutely no one maybe i make the trade for kittle but i'm probably leaning the pick side probably in the 105 side there yeah all right here's a big one jamar chase and rashad white for christian kirk nick chubb 23 111 and 23204 you know this one's relatively easy for me and hopefully it's not because i'm just seeing the name but it's the jamar chase side you know i'm not i'm not a huge rashad white fan i don't think he's the three down guy in tampa and also Tampa's going to be pretty rough to watch this year um, but you know, Christian Kirk, I know did well in the, the new look Jaguars offense and, you know, Chubb getting up there, I think it'll be 20, 27. Now it'll be 28 of upcoming season. There's other picks. I mean, it's Jamar chasing that offense. He's, he's stuck with a, with a hell of a quarterback there in Cincinnati. So I'll take that side. Yeah. JT George Pickens and KJ Osborne for 23, 108. 
So this is one <clears throat> I think some people are probably on that 108. I'm on the picking side on this. I actually made this trade in a couple leagues where I had late first round picks and I've traded the pick for Pickens. I actually just I just think George Pickens got a huge upside. I just think he I know he's a decisive divisive player. Some people uh, you know don't think he's got anything. They think he's like uh he's okay. He's never going to be that great guy. I'm I'm in on him. I think he's got a huge upside. Uh, especially now he's got a full year removed from that ACL injury. I just think he's going to come into this season and, and, and really connect with Pickett. Uh, so I'm making that move. I like, I, I would even do straight up Pickens for a, a 108, 109, 110, something like that. Yeah, this receiving class does not really impress me at all. You know, and then JSN, is he that good or is he just that good because his class is so bad? That's kind of what scares me here. So uh, it's, yeah, this is, I, I think the Pickens and Osborne side, Osborne's like, kind of low-key underrated in my opinion also so i get that you, yeah depending on what the vikings do at wide receiver uh during at the draft i mean osborne might be a, a, a playable flex if they don't go out and get a bunch of guys so he, exactly. he's worth a flyer too exactly uh dj chark da, 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 da. dj chark for antonio gibson and zonovan knight when i first saw this on the show sheet i thought i read it wrong antonio gibson side all day I mean, th- this is an incredible deal. I mean, DJ Chark, I, mean, I-, I do like him for fantasy, but he's got to be around. He's got to he's got to be playing. I mean, he's taken yet another prove it deal uh, last year in, with uh, Detroit. Had a couple of good games now in Carolina, so I'm ex- I'm excited to see him for the sake of being a Panther. Uh, but Antonio Gibson, despite being in the doghouse and being uh, left to be a kicker turner sometimes, and Bijan, uh, uh, Brian Robinson taking some of his snaps, Antonio Gibson's an absolute weapon. Yes, I like the offense this year with Antonio Gibson to possibly be in the feature of the whole offense, like it should be. So this was my trade. Thank you very much. I get Gibby, I get Gibby everywhere. So uh, this was another one of mine. Luke Musgrave and Zach Koontz for Terrence Marshall, Daniel Bellinger, and $20 out of a $100 fan budget. I like uh, Musgrave and Coos. I just think the high upside of both those guys. I, I like Bellinger, but I think, obviously, getting Waller hurts his stock a little bit there for the Giants. Uh, I think Terrence Marshall actually has a shot to do something this year for the Panthers. Uh, but, but again, this might be the year. If he doesn't do something this year, he might not be worth anything on your fantasy team. So I, I'll take the two rookie tight ends. I just think both those guys have high upside, and they feel like – guys that could be featured in kind of that slot role where they get a lot of uh, targets, uh, both of them. So I, I'll take the, I'll take the rookie tight ends. Yeah. I got in Joku and I have, um, I think on that team, I also have uh, Hawkinson. So I can let these two guys sit for a couple of years and see what pans out with that, especially Koontz uh, athletic freak. I will see what happens. So uh, Travis Etienne, Amad Ross St. Brown and 23-311 for Jamar Chase and Chase Claypool. So the same league, Chase Claypool is getting thrown on a league like, like, like a rag doll. I mean, Jamar Chase getting thrown on a league like a rag doll for some reason. I tried trading. Well, first, t- tell me about what do, what do you think about this trade? ETN, Amon Ross St. Brown, 23-311 for Jamar Chase and Chase Claypool. What do you think about that? You know, I'm, I think I'm probably going to go ahead and uh... – lean the Amon Ross St. Brown side. I think when we're looking at this, I know we looked at the previous trade with Jamar Chase and the other side was Christian Kirk, but I think if we're going to see Amon Ross St. Brown on that side and you have someone like ETN, I don't think much of anything of Chase Claypool at this point. And I think if you're able to get two high-end startable assets on the ETN Brown, St. Brown side, that's the winner right there. Mm. JC? Yeah, I thought thought this trade was pretty even, uh, to be honest with you. I'm probably slightly... 
leaning the, the chase side for me just because I always, whenever you can get that absolute dynasty stud that I think is worth a ton, I like it, but I could absolutely, I think this is a fair deal. If I'm definitely needing running back help, I could see making that move because it's not that far of a tear down from chase to St. Brown. If you're going to add yourself, at Etienne. I like it's in a lot more than if I the trade before with Chubb. So like I said, I could totally see uh, depending on team me that other side, but th- this one's real close for me. I slightly take chase in this one. I'm not a humongous ETN fan, and Amon Ross St. Brown, I, I think this year with a couple other people on the team that are, that are you know, when Jam- when Jameson Williams is like full strength now and they, they have everybody back, I'm not sure Amon's gonna, Amon, Ra, Amon Ra is going to be the same that, you know, he had a, those crazy weeks like week uh, in the Super Bowl like two years ago for everybody's fantasy football league. I think he made a big name for himself, kind of like, you know, same thing like uh, Gabe Davis did when he had those four touchdowns and when everybody's eyes are on the TV screen. So, I think Amon Ron's a little bit overrated, but I, I think I'm still doing the chase side because when you have an elite player like that who's going to score you probably 20 points a game, 25 points a game almost every week, you just have, kind of have to go for that. That's just that's just me, but uh, not I'm not an ETN fan either, so that, to put that out there. Joe Mixon for 2023-210. What do you think about that? Uh, Chu, go ahead. It feels a little dirty to pick the 210 at this point for a guy like Joe Mixon, if I'm being honest. But uh, I think we might be there, you know, with with how atrocious he was uh, this season in terms of just being incredibly inefficient. Uh, that offense can do fine without him in the sense of uh, the passing ability that they have with so many weapons. The fact that Samaje Piran leaving is actually a huge impact to the team in a negative way, I think is more indicative of how bad Mixon was. Uh, so I think I'd probably go to 210 and I feel bad, but I'd do it. JT? Yeah, I'm probably going 210 here. I'd rather take a shot at one of those rookie running backs um, at that plug-and-play and see if I can get a couple years out of him. Maybe Mixon surprises us, but I feel like he's ripe to fall off a cliff. I mean, he had a couple big games last year that kind of saved his overall season if you looked at his production. But, man, he was not great most of the year. I just feel like he could just be out. He could be one of those guys who are like, oh, man, Joe Mixon out of the league. Wow. Like, I think it could be that quick where he might not even, especially if these charges stick and all those stuff happens. I can see teams being like, it's not worth the hassle. He's too old, blah, blah, blah. Everything else that's happened with him. Man, I, I'm probably trading him no matter what if I can to try to get something out of him. Yeah, that's, I agree 100% here. Like, Joe Mixon, half of his fantasy production was from one week where he scored five touchdowns last, last season. So, yeah, I get it. Wendy Early. Hi, everybody. So thanks for joining in, Wendy. We got a draft, like uh, I think May 1st is a draft. Me and her are co- co-partners on a uh, new up and, uh, a start dynasty uh, startup. So I love dynasty startups. I, it's my favorite thing to do is do a dynasty startup. So me and her are teammates. She's going to the Expo also. So uh, she's going to pay for all my beer, she said, is what I heard. So don't worry. I, I, I don't drink that much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, that's it for the trades. So every week we do it, we evaluate a team, send it by a listener to decide if it's a simple rebuild or remodel. Uh, what's the biggest needs of this team? Uh, who are your keep trade cut guys kind of thing? And what, what kind of trades would you make to make this team a better team? You know, put it in the right direction, right? Or if they rebuild, uh, you know, you say, hey, we got to get rid of these guys, or he's not quite there yet. You know, I picked a team that was middle of the road, did not make the playoffs last year. Again, this is the same 12-team, 30-man rosters, no kickers, no defense, 0.75 uh, uh, tight end premium. 
five, two touchdowns uh, to interceptions, that kind of stuff. So here is the team. It's he's got Justin Fields, Tyler Algier, David Montgomery, Brandon Ayuk, Jalen Waddle, Justin Jefferson, Cole Komet, Adam Thielen, uh, Jordan Akins, Russell Wilson is a second quarterback. Then he's got Bridgewater, Desmond Ritter, Brock Purdy, Case Keenum, uh, Marlon Mack, Kareem Hunt, which we don't know what he's still a wild card out in free agency. Um, uh, Kyron Williams, which everybody kind of had big plans for him, never panned out. Isaiah Spiller, uh, uh, another guy, uh, never really panned out. Dontrell Hilliard, Khalil Herbert, who's got leading the Bears backfield. DeAndre Hopkins, Cedric Wilson, Devontae Parker, Byron Pringle, T.Y. Hilton, Tutu Atwell, Denzel Mims, John Mechie, who might be making a comeback this year. Kadarius Tony, who's there's a lot of he's very polarizing. People hate him or they love him. I don't, I love him. I especially if I if you have Mahomes, I think it's going to be a good stack to have Tony this year. O.J. Howard and his, on his IR, he's got uh, Tyron Wallace, uh, Dwayne Eskridge, Wandell Robinson, and Damian Pierce. So this is a pretty good team, but unfortunately, you have to make the playoffs to be uh, to be good. And that's to win money. To do that's kind of the name of it. He made the he didn't make the playoffs, but in our leagues, if you win the shit bowl, you get pick. 113. That's the prize for winning the shit ball. So that kind of keeps everybody in. It's a, it's, you know, it's a pretty good prize for, for not making the playoffs to have an extra first round draft pick. And this guy already, he's got all his picks. This guy hates trading is my neighbor, Joe cross street. He's a jerk. He never trades with me ever, even, even though I want to. So, uh, so his team has got, uh, let me go back to his team and see what picks he's got. So he's got the, uh, 106, the 205, the 305, 405, 505, and the 601, which in Sleeper we use a six-round – we only use a 601, which ends up – that's the actual the 113 pick. So he's got 16, 113, 205, 305, and this team. So uh, who wants to start? Uh, what direction do you think this team can go? Because it's right there. Like, he's right on the border of not making the playoffs or missing the playoffs, but the middle's a terrible place to be sometimes. What could this guy do to make his team better? I'll, I'll jump in there. So, yeah, so for me, obviously, he's right there. Um, Russell Wilson, if he has any kind of decent season, obviously, that pumps up his team a lot. As you can look at that team, obviously, with how bad uh, Russ was last year, that was probably one of the main reasons he didn't make the playoffs. But if he can get a little bit of bounce back uh, from Russ this year, which I think he get with uh, Peyton, uh, Sean Payton going there, uh, Damian Pierce, if they don't go somewhere at running back and he can get back in there healthy and give you something on the ground, you don't know about Tyler Algier, again, because where they're going to go uh, running back wise. But he's got some good pieces. Like I said, Tony in there. I think you can pump him in the starting lineup. Uh, hopefully maybe John Mechie comes back, would be big. And then I think Wondell Robinson actually. Uh, has a shot to, to kind of bounce back. So I definitely think he's got a couple guys here. Maybe Hopkins ends up in a defensive spot and then hopefully you get some out of clear Herbert. So he actually isn't that far off. I think he just, to, to me, it's, it's can these guys actually step up and produce because you've got studs and Waddle and Jefferson. And if you can have another uh, year with the rushing production from fields and then add in some of that uh, passing, hopefully with all these extra weapons, I mean, he, his team, I don't think he needs to make anything crazy as far as moves-wise. He just needs this guy to, to actually – the guys he has to perform as to the top of their ability in the way we've seen some of these guys actually score in fantasy and hopefully some of these second-year players kind of bust out for him. What do you think, Chu? 
Yeah, you know, with it being super flex, I do like that, you know, Fields, of course, is a great building block right there. And you have a couple of other quarterbacks who are, you know, in super flex, if they are a, one of the 32 starting quarterbacks, that's a good thing to have. Um, I do think that that might be one thing if he really wants to put himself, you know, in that raise his floor to be able to have a better chance of making the playoffs. I think maybe trying to do some shuffling to upgrade Ritter plus another piece, piece plus a pick to jump up to um, something like a Trevor Lawrence or something like that. Somebody within firmly within the top eight. Um, and I mean, in terms of everything else with the running backs and the wide receivers, there's good depth there, uh, especially with wide receivers. If you have young studs like Jefferson, IU can waddle. I think that's fantastic. Like you were mentioning, you know, Wondell Robinson, I think in what the offense is now, I know he did, he really only got one true game to show what he could do. And he, he did very well doing it. Um, a couple of other, just, you know, probably droppable wide receivers, but tight end, uh, you know, if you're not going to have a top three, top four guy, uh, commit by himself basically is probably not going to do enough so if you're not going to be able to secure one of those top three guys probably adding in another top 10 top 12 tight ends you can kind of shuffle those guys around throughout the year i think that maybe that could be the difference between uh uh winning a couple of weeks there so and it's also very good that with this structure right now he does have all of his picks too so it's not that he's mortgaged everything and he's stuck with what he currently has so he can grow from here yeah, but with having Fields and Russell Wilson as your two quarterbacks, both of those guys were expecting pretty decent years from. I mean, Fields, Fields, as long as he doesn't get hurt and he throws the ball a little bit more, I mean, we, we still want him to run the ball a little bit, but he needs a, when you bring in DJ Moore and hopefully they draft a wide receiver early. So, you know, that JSN has been rumored to them, but he's been rumored to every team in the league already. So who knows? Uh, if Russell Wilson comes in, Sean Payton, like kind of gives, shows him the way, and he shows him the Jedi way to be a quarterback again, maybe. He can make that work. His two running backs, David Montgomery, which I like David Montgomery this year. Uh, so I'm pretty happy with that. Damian Pierce kind of, I don't know, if towards the end of the year last year, he kind of uh, panned out, uh, fizzed out a little bit, uh, injuries, and just I think he wasn't ready for that, that, that kind of workload right, right from the get-go with year one. But year two will be ready. Khalil Herbert, uh, who knows what's going to happen in the backfield. We'll, uh, you know, the, we'll see what happens with how much how much work he gets out. Algier, another good – Kareem Hunt. He definitely does have some depth at running back here. Now, Justin Jefferson and Jalen Waddle is a fantastic one-two punch at wide receiver. You start three wide receivers, and then there's two flex spots. That could be anything. But he's got Hopkins, Wandell, Brandon Ayuk. He's pretty good for that third spot and a couple uh, – you know, Kadarius Tony, Adam Thielen, who, you know, might have a resurgence right now for a year or so. Uh, is it seems like to me like his weakest part is tight end. They Cole commit Jordan Higgins and OJ Howard are just pretty much you, you almost cut those guys. But commit for some reason, I just feel like everybody thought commit was going to be so much better than he is. And I know it takes a couple of years for tight ends to pan out, but it just they got to throw the ball first of all. And now the middle of the field is going to be eaten up by DJ Moore. So what is Cole Komet going to do? He's not, you know, I know he's a good blocker. Maybe that's going to use him for a little bit more, but he's not a fantasy tight end. He's going to have to draft a tight end somewhere in his draft. He's got plenty of picks. So, I mean, are we thinking that with with his, like, six pick, he's going to go something like a, like a maybe Jameer Gibbs, like uh, improve the running game a little bit, or hopefully one of the quarterbacks falls to him. Like, uh, you know, maybe Will Levis falls because nobody likes him if he, if, he, if he falls, like, later in the draft, in the NFL draft itself. Who knows? I'm not sure that you're going to get a quarterback at six over there. But Zach Charbonnet, uh, maybe, maybe he might – what if like Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers is if he doesn't like the rest of the guys, take one of them guys. And then his one thirteen pick, he you know, looking at 
a Quentin Johnson or a, uh, you know, maybe, um, uh, you know, A-Chain. A-Chain's a little small, but a Vanacanda maybe, or um, who else is around that area? Marvin Mims, something like that. What what? He does have some pretty decent picks. He's got some pretty decent players. I, I hate to say, like, kind of, like, stay the course, but this is a situation where you just – you really do want to kind of stay the course here. Just maybe trade away uh, the um, – you know, try and get something for Juju Atwell or T.Y. Hilton or, you know, any of these guys in the bottom who are never going to pan out. Um, Kyron Williams and Isaiah Spiller, I think, I don't think if, you, if somebody might trade you a fifth round pick for both of them, you know, that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, keeping running backs on my roster is things I love to do. I love to have running backs just in case somebody plays piggy bump up in case of injuries, which happen all the time. So a backup quarterback, uh, you know, behind Ritter would probably be somebody. He's got Purdy, Bridgewater, Case Keenum. Desmond Ritter. I'm not sure if Purdy's a long-time answer for for Niners. He might be Mr. Right now, you know, but not Mr. Right. Uh, Ritter, same situation. One good backup quarterback behind Wilson and Fields is, I guess, somewhere to go. But tight end, you draft a tight end now, but you're going to wait three years for anybody to pan out anyway. So I'm trading maybe the one something for somebody who's needs who's got a decent tight end, like maybe uh, Greg Dulcich or something like that. You know, try and get somebody who's in the top, maybe eight or nine, maybe a David and Joku. And Joku's kind of workload got chewed up a little bit when they uh, when they got Elijah Moore, but they're still. I, I think the tight end is the biggest need on this team, and then uh, you know piecemeal receivers and, and running backs. But the depth on this team is very good. It's, it's it's this is one of the teams that kind of scares me because if he drafts well, this team is going to be really really good and a contender for a long time because he's got some pretty good young talent on this team. So. Um, do you kind of agree with that or am I, what do you think? Yeah. I like what you're, you're saying there, John. I think the same thing. I think he, you know, if you can get one of those top wide receivers or someone he likes a landing spot at that one six, I like that idea. Um, if you get a guy there, then in that second, third round, he's got that extra pick. I'm looking at tight ends. I'm looking at running backs. Like I said, I think this is a pretty deep tight end running back crew. I think I would just pile on a bunch of those guys and hope somebody hits uh, and, and get some much. Because, again, you, if you can get a, a better year out of Russ, I mean, I mean, he gave you nothing last year. Right. I mean, nothing as a starting QB. I'm not uh, – I just don't think Komet – I mean, I know he's not the answer – but I also think you're looking at everybody else in your league and like, do they have the answer to tight end? Like, you know, I mean, most teams are probably not going to have a super playable guy. I actually like the idea that he's got Komet because he has fields. I mean, yeah. Komet might get him zero a lot of weeks, but man, if he gets a touchdown pass, that's a double up. I love that combo. So if I'm going to have a middle of the road tight end, I'd rather have the guy that I have as QB because then at least I, you know, I might get zero, but I might get 14 or 21 week out of them. Um, so, and again, maybe if you feel like, you know, Goddard, you could get a Goddard for like the 1-6 and you really were wanting to, to pump up that tight end and you maybe you make a move for a first rounder for a, a, a top five or six guy, I think you maybe could do that. But I'd almost stay pat, take like a Jordan Addison, add him to my flex wide receiver plays that I've got. Uh, and then I would just jump on, depending on who falls to me, that last pick of the first round and those second, third round picks, I'd be jumping on running backs. I'd be jumping on tight ends and kind of just loading up and, and let those guys see who shakes out. Yeah. This draft class kind of fell right in this guy's lap for what he needs as far, you know, those later picks. Yeah. Darnell Washington, you know, something like that. I mean, Hendon Hooker might fall in his lap in like the third, late, late third round. And that's a, somebody he could maybe bank on for the future. And Hendon Hooker, I think is super underrated. Uh, so, I mean, depending on when a hooker gets drafted, maybe that, 
maybe that extra first round pick is where he takes Hooker. Maybe he he steps on him and says, "Hey, he can be my guy." That hopefully he's right. a starter in a year or two, and he replaces Russ in my lineup in, a, in two years or something like that. So that's definitely something I'd be keeping an eye out for him too. If he's a guy who likes Hooker and likes the landing spot, I I would be interested in trying to jump on him maybe at the end of the first round there. Do you think that Mayer's the best tight end in this, in this best t- fantasy tight end in this league, or just maybe the best NFL tight end, or neither? Do you think maybe? One of the other uh, tight ends in this draft class is better than who's be a better who'd be your best like I'd say fantasy uh, uh, outlook tight end for you to like to target in later rounds of the draft like Sam Laporta or uh, you know Donald Washington or um, you know who else is the other guys uh, sheesh like I don't know who who's the other good tight ends in this draft class that are possibly underrated also. Well, I just like the guys that I can get at cost. I mean, I like Meyer. I think he, he's good, but I just think he's going in the late first round, early second in a lot of drafts. And I'm rather, I'd, I'd rather sit there and see if I can get like a Musgrave in the third round, like that mid third round. I'm targeting him if I can get him. I like Koontz, like you said. If I can get Koontz in like the fourth round, fifth round, even Port Laporta. I like Laporta. I just did a, a little rookie uh, draft where I got him in the fourth round at the four eight. I love that. I got Musgrave at the three eight. So I even piling up those two guys together, something like that. I think there's uh there's definitely some guys and in uh I just think there's some guys you can just totally take a flyer if you're in the fifth or sixth round that that have a good shot. So I just prefer taking a flyer on some of those guys as opposed to taking uh, one of those tight ends early, early. I mean, if yeah. you can get a Kincaid drop to him in the second round, I'm all yeah. about that. If I can get Kincaid at like two six, I would I would do that as well. I just I don't want to overspend because I feel like there's enough guys that I can get later uh, for just a better cost value. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, thanks a lot, guys. This is uh. This is my commissioner evaluation show, and this is I like doing this. is what I do for fun, and I, you guys make it fun for me. I really appreciate you coming on today. So, uh, JT, where can everybody find you at? What's going on? What do you got going on now? You're, uh, you went from uh, just hanging out with me and then all of a sudden become like a rock star in the fantasy football space in, like, in the last like, six months or so, man. I'm super proud of you. I, I appreciate it. I'm kind of all over the place right now. You can find me on Twitter at JT Orange. Uh, post all my stuff on there. Uh, also, uh, DLF uh, got articles coming out left and right for the uh, fantasy draft. Uh, all the upcoming draft stuff, I'll have a couple things from the draft, actually. I'll be having on the site, uh, kind of doing some IDP rundowns and some things after the first and second rounds. So you can find me there. You can find me over at Dynasty, uh, <clears throat> Dynasty Pros Football, uh, doing other podcasts, stuff like that. I got a new uh, The Stew with JT Brew podcast that's going to start uh, up here, hopefully in the next week or so. So we'll find you can find me over there uh, doing that stuff, too, and yeah, just writing articles and, and getting as much done as I possibly can. So that's I'm kind of all over the place right now, but yeah, look me at Twitter, uh, JT Orange. That's where kind of got everything thrown up on there. This guy's a fucking rock star. <laughs> I love it. So, Chew, see us out. Where can everybody find you at? What's going on? Tell us all about you. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Father Dynasty. Uh, and you, uh, check out the podcast at on YouTube, Father Dynasty, of course. Uh, pumping out usually about one episode a week, kind of depends on on scheduling, that sort of thing. Uh, and also doing some writing for goingfor2.com, so check out. I have a couple of rookie profiles there. Uh, Dynasty strategy article, working on something now, which is uh, vulnerable veterans, so talking about some of those, each team's veteran that could be replaced either this year or early 2024 uh, by one of these 2023 rookies, so go check those out. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you both. I got an article coming out for PW tomorrow. 
I just put one out last week for uh, Dynasty Pros. I'm trying to get into writing. I've never been a writer, so it's kind of hard for me to learn how to write, especially for different formats, uh, how people want things. So give me a break. I'm, I'm my kid's a little bit older now. I'm still trying. I'm just trying to do this fantasy football thing. But eventually, I'll learn how to write. I'll uh, as long as I have an editor who can, you know, do all the uh, editing for me, I should be okay. But that's it. That is our show. <laughs> so here is my out song, and thank you guys very much for. Jumping on my show with me. We'll be here next week. And thanks for making the show awesome again. This is the Commissioner Evaluation Podcast with your host, John McGlynn. He got them guests on the Rolodex, stopping by to talk about some Dynasty Superflex. Everybody, yo, commission's in. It's time to sit down to listen to John McGlynn. Yo, who we trading, who we fading, who we getting off the squad? Knowledge never overrated, playing for number one. And hey, yo, McGlynn is in. It's time to let the fun begin. It's the Commissioner Evaluation Podcast with John McGlynn. Herms NFL is the... The guy who made that song, if you ever need a song for your thing, have at it. JT's going to hook me up with some kind of video stuff here soon. So we'll be uh, we'll be rocking and rolling. Thanks, everybody, for coming out. I appreciate it. Have a good night.